This is Father Kevin Nahale with the homily for the fourth Sunday of Lent, the 14th of March. One of the most universally well-known opera arias is in Verdi's opera Regoletto, La Donna e Mobile. The Duke of Mantua sings, the woman is fickle. But the inherent irony is that the Duke, a callous playboy, is the one who is fickle, who is inconstant. Human nature and human love is by its nature often fickle and inconstant. We are satisfied and unsatisfied, fulfilled and unfulfilled. We are fickle and vacillating in love. We tend to fall in and out of love. That's why it's such a recurring theme in music, art and literature. And the greatest literature ever, the Bible, is a portrayal from start to finish of divine love. All the loves that we have on earth are but a faint reflection of the love that God portrays for us as spelt out in the Bible. One of the mistakes that we often make is to project onto God our way of being, our way of thinking, our way of loving. God's love is unconditional. It's not fickle and vacillating. He doesn't change his mind. His love is hesed, which in Hebrew means tender mercy. This love is visible par excellence in the incarnation. But you might think, doesn't the God of the Bible seem sometimes angry or vengeful? It's true, though, that at times this tender love seems like tough love, as in the first reading of Mass this Sunday, where we hear about the destruction of Jerusalem, the temple, and the people driven into exile in Babylon because of the infidelity and rebelliousness of God's people. Everyone was behaving badly. So God sent his messengers, the prophets, to bring the people back to him. The chronicler tells us God sent them out of love. Sometimes the tender mercy of God is expressed as a purifying mercy, so that his chosen people will come back to him with greater purer love. The people are unfaithful, but God is not. But the chronicler says, they mocked the messengers of God, despised his warnings and scoffed at his prophets. The love was offered and the love was refused. But God has still an absolute passion to set things right. And in his anger, he destroys. But in his love, he sends the prophets. Sometimes things can get so bad that only drastic measures will work. Only radical surgery can be really effective. Sometimes only a tearing down and a starting again will work. This is precisely how ancient Israel read the greatest calamity in their history, namely the destruction of their temple by the Babylonians. And remember, the temple was the summation of their religion and political life. It's like having Westminster Cathedral, the Houses of Parliament and the National Gallery all rolled into one. Did this mean that God had suspended or withdrawn his love? The answer is no. Rather, it was construed as a purification. It was terrible because they were carried off into exile in Babylon for 70 years. So no brief chastisement. It was a long and steady cleansing and purification of Israel. The point is, it was an expression of the divine love. And the question for us is, how do we read calamities and trials 
in our own lives. It won't be anything as dramatic as what ancient Israel experienced, but we all experience terrible things. How do we read them? As just pointless suffering? Or a sign that God has refused his love or abandoned us? We should read them as expressions of the divine anger, which is a modality of God's love. God chastises by cleansing and purifying us through suffering. But the story goes on after the exile, after those 70 years, comes the restoration. This is always the story. And the restoration is more wonderful than what was before, because the temple was restored and made more glorious than it was in the beginning. Isn't this sounding something like what happens in the Passion of Jesus? St John records for us some words of our Lord, which are probably the best known words in the entire Bible. John chapter 3, verse 16. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, so that all who believe in him might not be lost, but may have eternal life. Our Lord knew the kind of death he would undergo. And he also knew that the moment of his greatest humiliation would be the moment of his manifestation, that after his humiliation and annihilation, he will be glorified with even greater glory than he had before. That's why these readings are paired for this Sunday. After chastisement and destruction, there comes the resurrection. Jesus goes on to say that the Son of Man will be raised up so that the world may be saved, but that the world has preferred darkness to the light he has brought. Christ's cross and passion is all about forgiveness of sin, the hesed or tender mercy of God. And around this time of Lent, as we draw closer to Easter, it's a good idea to think about the importance of the sacrament of reconciliation, confession. Sadly, the sacrament has been another of the casualties of the pandemic lockdowns. But this sacrament is still available, and there is a priest present every Saturday in the church at the usual times for confession. The words of absolution which the priest utters begin, God, the Father of mercies, has reconciled the world to himself. There, right at the heart of the sacrament of penance, is that tender mercy of God being generously applied to us. All God asks is that we take the small step towards him, and he reaches out across the great abyss that often separates us from him. We hear Lent described as the favourable time, the day of salvation. So this is the time for us to think not naively that our salvation is going to be automatic. There's nothing in the Bible that suggests that. Rather, with St Paul, we have to work out our salvation every day in fear and trembling. Maybe we forget this. Maybe we've allowed ourselves to slowly slide into a spiritual inertia, which makes us believe we can just get by. Jesus has presented us with two paths ahead. The path which is broad and easy, or the steep and difficult one. The first, he tells us, leads to eternal loss. The other, to eternal gain. Which road are we on? And how is the sacrament of confession helping to keep me on the right road? Let's not find ourselves like those ancient Israelites who mocked and scoffed the prophets and ignored their words. 
but attentive and open to God's tender mercy. Not fickle or inconstant in our love of God, who is so not like us, but desirous of those means of purification offered by Jesus Christ through his church. As we approach the feast on Friday and prepare to consecrate our lives and our parish to his care, let's ask St Joseph with Mary to deepen our constancy and our trust in that tender mercy that comes to us from on high. Let us pray. O God, who through your word reconciled the human race to yourself in a wonderful way, grant, we pray, that with prompt devotion and eager faith, the Christian people may hasten toward the solemn celebrations to come. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.